I'm Simon Mercer, and welcome to Crave. This is the podcast and videocast dedicated to music and film and anything else that's been entertaining me and Steve McKay. Absolutely. So this week, so we've got um, a double dose of Daniel Craig this week. Dose and a half, let's say. <laughs> because because we've got the new film trailer that's giving us um, a hint of what apparently is going to be his last outing as James Bond. But then we're also looking at what he's doing next. And it's, yes. and it's like he's like he said, I want to get as far from 007 as I can. And so we've got the comedy, mystery, thriller, very dark comedy, uh, Knives Out. Yes. Also, um, Steve being very Commonwealth-minded, just to celebrate the 150th birthday of Canada this year. Happy birthday, Canada. Went to the Auckland Town Hall this week to see the pop singer from British Columbia, Carly Rae Jepsen. Good so, on you, Steve. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, supporting the colony. Very, very, very good, yeah. So we got we got um, uh, another couple of, of um, well, it's not, to be honest, it's not really our kind of cup of musical tea. Yes. Which is why we have our guest with you, Debbie. Once again, stepping into the breach. And she's going to be talking about Lauf, who has been um, a big crave favourite over the years, and also Khalid. But we'll hear about that. We shall indeed. But in the meantime... And one more thing to, 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 to intro, Steve, which is that uh, Martin Scorsese. No, how, how could you think? Yeah, sorry, well, Martin. So, yeah, no worries. Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? He, well, he does listen regularly. Like, why wouldn't he? Absolutely. Um, he gained quite a quite a bit of uh, talk about his his criticism of the Marvel movies a week or two. They're not left. cinema. They're not cinema. No. Then, but not long after that, he's brought out a piece of cinema, uh, which is... But not in the cinema. No, not here, that's Ironically. for sure. No, a three and a half hours on Netflix. It's oh, called yes. The Irishman, and we'll talk about that. And that's quite a remarkable thing, isn't it, to be fair? Now, back to Daniel Craig. Yes. Because because he's 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 really... Um, I mean, he's, he's an amazing actor. He's probably, for my money, um, the best James Bond of all. I would agree I mean, with that. Even surpassing Sean Connery. And that's, that's hard to say. Mm. But I think he's done it, right? Um, but, you know, he's saying he doesn't want to do any more. He said, you know, he's finally reached the point where he's he's he's, he's done it, um, and so no time to die. Yes, which is the James Bondist James Bond title ever. <laughs> um, is coming out in May apparently. Is it April next year? A- April, I think it's yeah. April. Yeah, yeah. And so we've seen the first trailer. Yes, absolutely. So we can talk about that, but also. Um, just as, as we've seen, well, it only came out a couple of days ago, this trailer. The trailer, yeah. We've also seen him on the big screen already in another movie. Yes, and um, that would be Knives Out. Mm. So we, where should we go first? <laughs> well, let's... Long, should we go long or short? <laughs> well, uh, I suppose, well, maybe we should start long because that's the meteor role. It is, yes. Um, although I should just quickly say, there's been some jokes made of that No Time to Die mm-hmm. title, and some people have interpreted it as no comma, time, t- to, die. time to die. <laughs> I think that's quite funny. Or, or may, maybe he's, because he's, we've, we've now seen his versatile range of accents, Yes, maybe he's being Australian. Ah, uh-huh, no time yeah. to die. Nah, no time to die, mate. Nah, nah. <laughs> Oops. You, you never know. No, maybe not. Because he is that multi-talented. It is. Yeah, but let, let's focus, shall we, for the time being on Knives Out. Yeah, and this, this Steve, doesn't it, comes... Um, like, like Craig's in one of those positions of uh, any actor who takes on Bond, yeah. you can be saddled with it for life. Yes. And he's he's doing a pretty good job of forging other roles yes. to give the audience time to see him doing other sorts of work. Yeah, and, and so you get the impression he's looking for something that, that's very, very different. And so no, not only is he no longer um, a, a spy and secret agent, he's no longer even English. No. 
No, exactly. So what was that film? Um, he was in, we both saw it, we enjoyed it immensely just a year or two back. He played a southern yeah. gangsterish type of guy. Kind of low rent gangster, yeah. Low rent. Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky. Um, which was Barky Mud and Bags of Fun. <laughs> yes. And so to avoid being typecast as James Bond, yes. he's now done another film uh, where he's playing a southerner mm-hmm. from the US and it's Barky Mad. It is. So, yeah, so. so out of the um, typecasting frying pan, <laughs> yes, and into the typecasting fire. But to yes. be fair, I think yes. he's making it work, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. Um, so this, he plays uh, the, the film Knives, Knives Out. He plays this character called Benoit Blanc, yeah, um, a, a, with a very affected accent. But but it, it, and he actually has said in interviews that he 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 drew on n- numerous other. Um, portrayals of detectives, including um, Columbo, made famous by Peter Falk on TV many yes. years ago. So he, but then he, I think he pulls it off because he's in a cast where there are a number of number of really well known actors who are also yeah. playing against type. They're clearly enjoying this this romp, which is a, and sometimes it's a black comedy, sometimes it's a laugh out loud comedy, yes. but it's also a mystery thriller. It involves, um, it's, a, it's a classic whodunit, isn't it? Um, Christopher Plummer plays the, the, the head, the patriarch of this big family, yeah. owns it, a big house. So this is, what's his name? Harlan Thromby. Thromby. Great name to kick it off, yeah? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and so it starts off, doesn't it, in flashback. Yes. So, so we, we see um, Thromby's found dead mm-hmm. shortly after his 85th birthday. Mm-hmm. And his his family of, of parasites um, <laughs> all are explaining to um, to Benoit Blanc, this, yes. this detective who's been hired in to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah, um, I'm looking down the cast list here to see who we've got because we've got um, Don Johnson mm. um, uh, in an, in a cable knit sweater, which doesn't quite you know <laughs> meet expectations. Uh, so he he plays Richard. Who's actually son-in-law? Yes, because he's married to Jamie Lee Curtis's Linda Drysdale. Yes, yep. Who's got? She's she's almost like an American Maggie Smith in this, isn't she? She's got that sort of matriarchal yeah, thing going you're on. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, we've also got Tony Collette, who plays um, the another in-law. She, yes. she uh, um, and as and the aforementioned Christopher Plummer plays plays the the, the patriarch, and then we've got Chris Evans, um, who. Talk about playing against type. Oh, I, mean, I mean, for a decade, we've seen him as the, you know, the absolute virtuous yes. uh, superhero Captain America, and here he's playing a bit of an arrogant prick. Oh, can I say that on um, the podcast? I, 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 I just did. did. Yeah. Podcast, <laughs> so, um, a sense of arrogance about his, his haughtiness. Yes, this would be Ransom Drysdale. Yes, and and also another of the family is Michael um, Shannon, yeah. who's often known for really tough guy roles and yes. silent types, and here he's playing a more of a a weak-minded individual, yes, easily led, and so you got a great cast. It's a whodunit, uh, but there's another character, maybe not so well known, who's the emotional heart of the film, Steve, and this is Marta, yes, the nurse, yes. What and did you make of her performance? Well, I, first of all, I think it's fascinating that it took until the very end. You almost added her as an afterthought, mm. but then you made the point that she's the emotional heart of the film. So Marta, played by, we need to do a, do her a favor here. Her name is Anna de Armas, yes. And and she is fantastic. She's um, nurse and caregiver for Harlan. Yes. 
Um, and, and of course, you know, the family all say, oh, Martin, we, th- we don't think of you as, as the help. We think of you as, um, as family. Yes. And, and, you know, I wanted you at the funeral, but I was outvoted. Yeah, And yeah. oddly, every member of the family was outvoted. Yeah. Obviously, one who also, yeah, so um, they don't even know where he's from. No, every member of the family thinks she's from a different country. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, there's lovely, very understated running gags through it. Yes. There's, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a social commentary going on where, you know, at one point, one of the characters, I think it was Michael Shannon's character, Walt, talks about how she's a member of the family and then just hands an empty teacup. Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, that was Don Johnson, I think. Don, I beg your yeah, yeah, no, that was, wordlessly part, That Oscar. was a classic moment. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. So this is, this is a very subtly, very well-observed film where you've, you've, got, you've got Benoit Blanc mm. um, hammed up beautifully. <laughs> Daniel Craig channeling, I'll tell you, I don't know if you ever saw, and this is a name that's been somewhat discredited these days, but mm. Kevin Spacey, about 20-odd years ago, did a film called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I've heard of it, but I didn't see it. Very good film. It's set in Savannah in Georgia. I think that was directed by Clint Eastwood, wasn't it? You know, that I couldn't tell you. Okay, anyway. But yeah. what I do know is he's, he's the consummate Georgia gentleman. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, in, in that film. I can't even begin to attempt the accent. Okay. okay. But it is very, very <laughs> effective. Oh, well I'm, not, done. I'm not doing any favours here. <laughs> but, but that's where Craig is headed with his accent. Okay. And I watched this film with three Americans. Okay. Who all said his accent held up. Okay. Yep. yep. They, they were perfectly happy with him. Yeah. And and so he's been brought in by well, Le- who by Lieutenant Elliot, played by Lakeith um, Stanfield, who was in Get Out. Yes, he was. And that, I thought he was very uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah he was very, very good in that. Very good in Get Out. Um, and so he's he's the the police detective mm. who, for reasons which will be teased out during the course of the film, has brought has brought uh, Benoit Blanc along. Mm. Well, I. Um, as it turns out, though, Benoit Blanc, this isn't giving too much away, Benoit Blanc has, was asked onto the case mm. by some unknown person, which we'll leave it at that. Yes. But, but I think the way that the, the mystery side of it works is well thought out and well laid out for the audience. You are invited down various little alleyways, yes. thinking this, thinking that. Um, and I think it, it's brought together pretty well at the very, end. Very well, yeah. Um, and um, with a... Uh, a denouement uh, which is um, dramatic but also quite funny because yes. of a certain scene which doesn't quite end as you think it will. Exactly. So yes. um, it's, it's a really... Int- I, saw, I saw it on a Friday night yep. and the audience thoroughly enjoyed it yep. and enjoyed it more as it went along. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a comedy in the conventional no, sense. No, no. But there is so much very, very dry, very dark humour mm. all the way through it. Uh, but it's played brilliantly. I mean, you mentioned in passing Christopher Plummer. Yeah. So, so I mean, he dies in the opening yes. scene, pretty much. Mm. And yet, he then, just because of the way the film is structured, there's there's flashbacks, mm. there's, there's retellings. Um, and so we get to see his relationship with Marta mm. beautifully. And that, that's at the very, very emotional heart yeah, of the film, yeah. which gives it warmth and gives it its depth. And yet, at the same time, you've got this fantastically... I mean, no, they're, they're overplaying their roles archly and campily and mm. beautifully. Mm, mm. And it sounds like it could be rubbish. Yeah, it, but it's not rubbish. Um, I, I think I think because of the it's a good script, I think some of those things you've mentioned about the, the fine observations of social yeah. etiquette and whatever else. Yeah. And um, it, the story does keep you guessing. I think the story does well to draw you in. Yes. You, know you're, you know that you don't know, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, and um, yeah, and I just want to come back to just the, um, 
Hannah de Armas's performance yes. because that 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 could have been a role which could have been particularly maudlin and yes. and and um, you know over emotional. She gives you um, a lot of emotion in the yeah. role, but it feels like it's done in an honest way. And um, and also, I thought watching it, you know, it, it just you are you're left with the the, the thought. Okay, well, we, we, you know, we do we do think she's good and 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 virtuous and uh, but maybe there's something else going on there you know you're teased all the time yeah. with all the characters even even her I think to an extent and, and and that's that's down to two things one the character of Martha's written very very well yes and secondly um Anna de Armas yeah realizes that character yeah very subtly she's a, it's a very understated but very very deft performance I like it when everyone else is is acting each other off the screen yes you know you know Every single cast member is is Archer and Tata and Maggie Smithier than the last, <laughs> and then at the very centre of it, you've got this this extremely delicate, mm. extremely deft performance. I thought it was, the balance between those two was extraordinary. It was really I nice, really, liked really it. nice. Yeah. yeah, it was very good. Um, so, well, there was there was one little little plot device that they used. I want to know what you thought of it. Okay, and again, it's going back to Marta, and and this comes up quite early, so it's not not really a spoiler, I don't think, but she. She finds that that she is so averse to lying ah. that when she lies, she throws up. Mm. I, I think um, I at, at first I, d I thought that was going a bit too far. But that was my first yeah. reaction. I thought, um, you know, it's getting into that, taking it to a sort of campy sort of a area. Uh, but it becomes a very important part of the story. It does very very important it part does. of the story. It does so, and because of that, it also I think uh, after its introduction, yeah, it's only. It's it's referred to, but not overly so. It's, it yeah. not, doesn't come up every five minutes. Yeah. So I think they got away with it, but it it, it did leave a little question mark in my yeah. mind. And also, there's so much else going on right yeah. with the film. Yeah, yeah. It buys itself a little bit. Of license, yeah, yeah. It, it probably to, does. To be fair, yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to the star, which is well, obvious. Or is there more to say yet? No, no. Well, okay. You're gonna. So when you say the star, who do you mean? Well, obviously the the. The, the, the top name on the marquee. Okay, Daniel Craig. It's not fair to identify a single star, really. No, is it? Is well, it I, I actually... I, the reason I'm pausing, Steve, yeah. is because by the film's end, I didn't feel his... He, he has... I mean, he's the person who drives the story and is solving the crime, and yeah. he's rightly given the top billing, I guess. But I actually felt it was Marta's film in terms of what the story was about. Yeah. And so my emotional investment went to her character right um and, and and stay there at the end of the film but um there's no doubt that in the trailer no time to die he is both the star and the the absolute at the center of it the story because yeah. it's about james bond and he's james bond right so, yeah. so so what are we making then of of no no time to die well first of all i thought that it was quite a, a trailer which actually had quite a lot in it it was the, the, the first official trailer was 2 minutes 40, which yes. is quite a long trailer. They are getting long these days, uh, And they? we saw quite a lot of different scenes. Yes. Um, both with his... Um, and we saw pretty much all of the, the well-known cast have been with Craig in, these, in his outings. Yeah. From M to Q uh, yeah. to Money Penny. Um, we even saw the return of um, Blofeld. Yes. Um, so we do have a new villain introduced. We see a, a, a new... Uh, black double O, we're not quite sure who she is, but we probably can guess. Uh, and then um, there's another female character in there. So they've, they've blended in some new characters with keeping the, the, the stable yes. of the existing ones. Yes. Visually, the bits we saw were pretty impressive. There's an amazing, um, the one shot that, 
I can say shot. We're talking about James Bond. God. <laughs> it was there a, a, a wide shot showing the, the motorcycle speeding up the steps and then going up in the air. Yes. I thought that was a really um, arresting it was piece of uh, visuals there. Um, the hard the, the I've learned from the trailers, Steve, that what you th- a trailer can mislead you as to the oh, story. Yes. So we. It gives you a yeah. I, I mean, I'm 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 keeping an open mind as what what the story is that they're telling us about yeah, yeah. here. What what, what, did you, what about you? Well, I, I couldn't figure out what the story was going to be. Yeah, I, I I love the way that they have finally addressed the fact that we that that you know J- James Bond has always been a a hyper masculine character. Yeah. Um and and there's probably not a bad idea to have a bit of balance in there. Yeah. And so rather than trying to Trying to do what they did with Doctor Who, which made absolutely perfect sense. Yes. And and, and and having a female Doctor as well as a male Doctor, absolutely, why not? Because his character regenerates. Yes. With James Bond, no, the character doesn't regenerate. No. These are the switch out actors. Yeah. But the character remains still consistent. James Bond. He's still James Bond. <laughs> yes. So to try to do a female James Bond would have been silly. Instead, a much, much better thing is a female 007. Yes. That's brilliant. Yes, yes. Because then she gets, instead of trying to be a woman being James Bond, it's a woman being 007 on a woman's terms. Yes. Which is so much better yeah, way of doing yeah. it. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how that yeah. in, in, across the whole cinema, uh, the whole movie. That would be great. It's going to be very And also, um, the director, Kari Fukunaga, I think he's, he, I know, I think know of him from the, the first True Detective, yes. um, which was very, very good. Yes. And as we were talking about earlier, before we started, Steve, um, they brought in, into the movie to look at the script, Phoebe Waller-Bridge from the mm. Fleabag fame. Yes. So, I mean, it promises, it promises well, I think. So, so you, you've got razor sharp acting talent. Mm. You've got exceptional directing skills, presumably. Yeah. We, we've, we've got monumentally brilliant script tickling yes so th- this this is going to be quite a last hurrah for yeah for Craig, hope I so think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah. it'll be really really cool alright now yeah. shall we move to music I think I think we should. Now, there are a few shows to start uh, to talk about this week. Um, Crave's been quite busy. Absolutely. Uh, but um, there is a Canadian, maybe we could start with her. Why a not? name I've certainly have heard about over recent years, but I'm not familiar with, I have to confess. Carly Ray Jepsen. She's, yes. um, I think she's started well over a decade ago. Uh, she was at the Auckland Town Hall this week, She Steve. was indeed, yeah. Um, you went. I did. Uh, I didn't. I know. I know. And how did you enjoy it, if you did? Well, look, I mean, this is always going to be difficult for me because it's light, fluffy, throwaway, unremarkable pop music. Mm. It's not really my my genre, to be honest. So that's that's kind of the the, the idea I went in with. And and I knew one song. She had a big hit back in 2011 with a song called Call Me Maybe. Yes. Which is very, very agreeable. (laughs) Wow. And, 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 And not really a whole lot more. So this is the attitude I went in with. Okay. And and so you've got this this youngish woman um playing the town hall. Yeah. And I thought, let's see what she's got. Town hall was not even remotely full. Mm. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that doesn't bode well. Yeah. But um the people who did show up were clearly loving every second of it. She came on stage, there was her there were four band members. Mm-hmm. Not no dancers, no big production, and you got the feeling that if she'd played Spark Arena, she'd be able to fill it. Um, there would have been an enormous like Katy Perry standard right, right. thing going on, but instead you've got, you got a relatively stripped back show, and you got the feeling that just like we said with the the cast in mm. in Knives Out, she was having a blast, 
And that then translated into the audience having a fantastic time. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, the music itself is, is to, to my taste at least, it, it's frothy and it's dispensable. Okay. But what she does, I have to tell you, she does remarkably well. Okay. Um, highly competent musicians. You've got an exceptional voice. Okay, well, that counts that, for a lot. <laughs> yeah. Not the, best, not the best dancer necessarily in the world. Okay. But... That's not necessary. Because no. you could tell she was enjoying herself. The audience were having a great time. Yeah. Well, she was having an amazing time. And I, 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 I didn't come away being a fan. No. I came away thinking, well, yeah, she, know, she, she knows what she's about. She, yeah. She's got great stage energy. Yes. Fantastic stage presence. Yeah. Um, can entertain an audience yeah. very, very, very well. Uh, and apparently this was her last night of a rather extensive tour. Ah, okay. She, she'd been over in the West Island before this. And she was wrapping up basically a world tour, mm. pretty much in Auckland, and and you didn't get the impression that she was ready to end. Oh well, that's yeah, a so so. I good I, on her. I was I was more impressed than I expected to be. Who was impressed though mm. was um, Crave ran a ticket giveaway. Yes, and and a young lady named Sasha went along. Yes, and I heard from her the next day mm -hmm. saying thank you so much for sending me. This was absolutely incredible. In fact, uh, if you go to um, the review on the website, that's cravepodcast.com, um, I, I put a little blurb that she sent me. Oh, great. She, she was delighted. She had an absolutely fantastic time. Good. Now, she's obviously the target audience. Yes. And and she did not leave disappointed. Well, that's great. So all I can say is, well done, Carly. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's, it really was. some um, chair shifting around yep. and uh, we're back to talk about pop music with Debbie. Hi Debbie. Hi. Welcome back to Crave. Thanks, um, you've been very busy on our behalf. Thank you for that. Yes. Uh, let's start with Love. Right. So this was this American pop singer who we spoke to on Crave. We interviewed him a year and a half or so ago right. or something like that. Yeah. Very nice chap to talk to oh, and good. we enjoyed yeah, yeah. his show. I remember his show at the Power Station in Auckland. I was there really too. Really well you were. And yeah, I, it was the brilliant. thing that I remember from that show above anything else mm -hmm. was um, the way he engaged with his audience. Yeah, he, he really, really did. does quite a bit. Yeah, yeah he's got I, a good and, sense of humor yeah. and he really engages with people. Yeah. I think there's a good rapport. Yeah. yeah, so that's a memory that I have from that time ago. Now, yeah. you've just been to see him again. Yep, at Shed 10. Okay, okay. Yeah. down yep. the waterfront. Right, yep. How was he? He was great. Yep. He's one of my he's one of my favorite artists. I really like him. And I think one of the reasons why he does engage with the audience so well is I think people really identify with him. He talks all about personal stuff, but in a in a nice personal way. Yeah. Not 
not in sort of a pop star way, like we've seen. <laughs> you, know. you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so I mean, he talked a bit about his depression and he uh-huh. was quite candid uh-huh. about it. And mm-hmm. I think people really identify with him. So he talked about really not wanting to go on a medication, but but eventually taking medication to get him out of the worst of his depression. Really? And yeah, yeah. Wow. So I think people really identify with him. And I think he's quite honest and really so open. I, I'm curious how a topic like that comes up in the course of a concert was well, it was there a song that somehow related oh, sure. to it yeah, 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 yeah absolutely um i'm trying to remember what the name of the song is well, but, but, uh, anyway. but it was it was tied to a song yeah, yeah and it's one of my favorite songs i just can't remember the name of the song don't but worry anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's tied to a song he writes a few yeah he writes songs like that and he talks a lot about like his different his different selves he did kind of a little what what looks sort of like a little powerpoint kind of thing um where he talked about all these different selves and he addressed himself in different colors so he's like the green self was my this self and he's got like a you know the the funny self or the right. um serious self or yes. the you know so yeah so he he really engages with the audience all the time through his music through his conversation and i think people are like identify yeah. with him quite now a bit. um in the time since he was here last i'm not familiar with how much new music he may have released was that was did you pick up on much new material oh yeah yeah he's got a new album out um i don't know the name of it he's one of my favorite artists i swear <laughs> but no i just like i really like listening to his music and yeah. i really i've you know i yeah i just it kind of moves me a little bit his what? music his, yeah his song superhero which you saw at the concert la- a year and a half ago actually had a dream that took place inside that song and it was really powerful i don't know why it's funny but yeah, so I really oh, wow. like his music. It really speaks to yeah. me. And I'm sure that that's true for so many people. Well, I guess if, if you, you know, like you've seen quite a few pop performers and, yep. and, the, and the audience, the young audience are listening to it all the time. Mm. So if you, if you think that there's someone there who is genuine yeah. in I what they're really saying, yeah. it just cuts right through yeah. to your audience and connects with them, doesn't it? So Yeah, I yeah. think that's a big part of his show. Yeah. And his music is brilliant. And okay. um, I asked my daughter, I said, now what would you, how would you characterize his music? Because I would just call it pop music. She okay. said... She said, chill. Chill. So, there you go. Chill okay. pop okay. is what chill she said. Pop. Nice. Yeah. And I think uh, when I looked it up, it said electronic pop as well. So, okay. Yeah. So that's a little bit. We'll get the idea. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think if he comes back, you might see him again then. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really like him. And I do listen to his music, you know, quite often because cool. I just really find the songs to be, you know. Very um, nice. Yeah. Now, what about this other performer called, I'm not sure if it's, you say Khalid or it's, Khalid. It's actually Khalid. Khalid. The, yes. I got it wrong all, all twice. Yeah, I That's think the, the original Arabic would have been Khalid. Khalid, yeah. But, but he's Khalid is how he says Khalid, yep. But he's an American, right? Yep. And he's been here uh, a year or so back too. Yeah. Oh, no, two years ago. I think it was something called it the American be. Teen Tour. Yes. I didn't see it. I didn't see him when he came before, although I would have liked to. I really like him as, as well. I'm uh-huh. less familiar with his music, but mm-hmm. I just... I think he's really good, but but I'm not as familiar with him, so I was kind of surprised when I got to the concert that um, it was set up. He was set up kind of like a pop star, mm-hmm. and I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, because he's often ex- referred to as a singer songwriter, which That's doesn't necessarily make you think pop. Necessarily. Right, I, and I would have thought that he would be more like Lauv or you know something yeah. like that. But it was kind of set up more like a pop star. So the the um, stage was completely empty. And his backing band was really way back and up. Okay. So, so where was the venue again, uh, Debbie? This was at Spark Arena. Oh, Spark. Yeah. And then they had set up the stage so that there were curtains sort of coming out at a diagonal like this. And sometimes the curtains were sort of closed. They were sort of sheer. But so you couldn't really see 
the the musicians mm-hmm. at all. So it was really focused on him, and there was nothing else on the stage. It was just wow. That's just a, that's him. a a, spa, a sparse way of doing it. It really yeah. was, yeah. but it kind of gave that feel of sort of pop star. But well, he did have dancers. So, yeah. but oh, it, okay. at times it was just him okay. on the stage. Wow, it was big empty. St- it felt so big and empty. But then he did have dancers. So in that sort of pop star kind of yeah. way. Yeah. Um. So, so I'm surprised by that. I'm not sure yeah. why. I'm and what about his music? Was it in fact pop music? Yeah, it's pop. It's kind of R and B. Maybe a bit of hip hop kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very young. I think he's like 22. Okay. Yeah. So um, he doesn't look 22. He looks a bit older. And he's got a voice of, of a, a more mature singer-songwriter. Okay. So he comes across more mature. But yeah, so I was kind of surprised by that. But, yeah. but it was how, good. How, it was how good. did he do with holding the audience, especially if he's there just by himself? He's got to really yeah. work, work pretty hard to, to um, get them, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to say he didn't have the, the same sort of rapport. Not no. all. And, and again, that was more in the pop star, star yeah. sort of yep. uh, vein, I guess. I mean, he did. Yeah, I remember him. You know, talking to the audience, but I don't remember specifics, so it wasn't quite as, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's different, sort of more, more along the pop star, which surprised me. So, but, but yeah, he was worthwhile. Good. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Also, his opening act was called Lucky Day, D A Y E. Oh, okay. And I don't really know anything about them, mm-hmm. but they were fantastic. Okay, loved them. I would have liked for them to stay on the stage quite a bit longer. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, you get a, an opening act that you're like, wow, this is. This is great. I'm glad I'm here for this. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, Fantastic. the opening act for Lauv, I did not rate very highly. I don't remember her name. Wasn't as impressed. So. Well, the fact you don't remember her name tells you something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I made yeah. a note of Lucky Day so I could look them up and, right. and find out more about them. Are they and, local? Lucky? Actually, I actually don't know anything about them. Okay. I had never heard of them, but I, and I had meant to look them up, but, yeah. but I had not. Well, well, you remembered that name, Lucky Day. Yes. Good name to have. Yeah. Yeah. Debbie, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Cheers. Steve, welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, now, we want to finish with another movie, one that's come out on Netflix about a week or so now. It's certainly a big film, certainly in duration, if nothing else. Oh, dear Lord, yes. We're talking about three and a half hours yes. of Martin Scorsese. Yes. Uh, it's called The Irishman. Yes. And it's, it is based on um, real people. Yes. Uh, this is the story of, so. uh, uh, of Frank Sheeran. He is The Irishman, yes. as played by Robert De Niro, who was um, deep in the, the famous or infamous Teamsters Union in the yes. US in the 60s and 70s in particular, and developed uh, two... Uh, critical associations very one, very delicately worded one with the Boffolino family yes. a, a mafia family yes and the other with the very very famous American union leader Jimmy Hoffa mm. uh, so this this film is based on a book written by a man who interviewed Frank Sheeran the Irishman at the end of his life yeah in and and out of that book comes the story of um, the an answer to the mystery of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa, who disappeared in 1975. His body was never found, and he was officially declared dead many years later when it was obvious he'd outlived his lifespan. Yes. But there's no one's actually been able to prove what happened to no, him. No, in, in fact, even the account um, in in Charles Brown's book 
mm. has been contested, even even though he claims it's actually a confession from the man who reckons he, he did it himself. Yes. So, you, so you've got um, Robert De Niro yep. playing Frank Sheeran. Absolutely. We've, we've got Al Pacino yes. as Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. And then we've got Joe Pesci as Ruff, Russell Buffalino. Yes. Um, Russ. Russ. And they're all foul. They're that, all... Yes. I mean, they're... they're Hoffer was obviously just a little bit of a grifter in this film, mm. but um, Buffalino and Sheeran were un- unmitigated mobsters and murderers. They were. And yet, didn't you love Frank? Yes. And and I think the the thing that struck me, perhaps the, the, the overall impression I felt about watching this unfold over its three and a half hours, and I had to watch it in parts, by the way, it was yeah. too much to watch in yeah, one sitting, yeah, yeah. Uh, was um, Scorsese, I mean, this is familiar territory for Scorsese, but although, and although there is violence and there is um, uh, you know, foul language here and there, it wasn't to the degree of some of his other films, I felt. It felt like it was the pace, because of the duration, the pace and the, the tone or tenor of it was a little more downplayed. Yes. So you really, there's a lot of time spent with the main characters, the toing and froing over... Yeah. Um, He's, he's done this to me and I've got to do that to him and backwards and forwards and he said it he put he said it this way and he should have said yeah. it that way yeah so it's exploring the intricacies Ooh, of these relationships yes. Yes, how sure. they work the code by which they live yes and and through the performances of all of those guys particularly Pesci, Pesci and De Niro who are in that that sort of mm. mafia world the way that they don't have to say explicitly what has to be done. No. It's done with a, 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 another turn of phrase or just yes. a look. Yes. And I found that a really finely observed way of looking at that whole world. I enjoyed the performances of Pesci and De Niro very, yes. very much in that. We, we were sitting watching it and we're thinking, this is, this is good. I mean, it's slow. It is slow, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's three and a half hours. And part of me says that, that this is what happens when you, you give someone like um, Scorsese um, free reign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. maybe he needed a bit of discipline and, and a bit of an editor because he's suddenly, you know, he's, he's not selling this to cinemas. He's selling no. it on Netflix, which yeah. is a different way. As, yep. I mean, we both watched it in installments. Yes. So suddenly it's almost like it's a serial. It is in a way, yeah, yeah. If we turned it into a serial or a mini <laughs> yes. series yes. rather than watching it that way. But then at the same time, um, you know, you, you realise that you're not watching a film mm. that's got a beginning, a middle, and an end, no. so which is you are being invited into. Um, a universe, and yes. you sort of you settle into it, and yes, you, and, you, and you you flow with the rhythms of of. I mean, again, we've got fantastic um, acting talents, yes, obviously, and so um, you know, to me, it's almost musical. Yeah, listening to them. yes, that's interesting, and and the way this film is told in an almost a semi-documentary style, there yeah. it's told yes. in different time fr- uh, frames. With, with the De Niro's character, Frank Sheeran, as an old, old man. Yes. But then there's another part of it is told when he and Russell are old, but a little younger. And then there's another part told early on in their relationship. Yes. Much was made of the technology to de-age the main actors, which I think looked pretty good. I, th- I, I thought the, um, the age De Niro in particular quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, and um, and then you are also given, as, as you go through the film, uh, little... Um, Subtitles come up telling you that such and such, and such a character, years later, was shot in the head several times yes. or something or other. So it has this feel of of um, you're not it's not quite docudrama, but it's getting somewhere towards that. It was it was it, it, this this is 
Scorsese basically being allowed to do what he feels like doing. Yeah. Because he's reached the point now where, I mean, are you going to tell Martin Scorsese what he can't yeah. do? And, and you could tell he was enjoying himself doing this. It's yeah. a film obviously he wanted to make. And, and yeah, I mean, it would have been a different film if they tried doing a straight two-hour Bang, uh, yeah, bang, bang. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he spends a lot of time, I mean, a lot of his films are set in this this period of America, aren't they? The sort of yes. 50s and 60s, yes. maybe into the 70s. He loves the, the fashion, the cars, the music, the street scenes. It's You're just soaking all that up. Yes. And there's some lovely um, shots composed to, to, to show you that. The other thing I thought was, as he's done with other films, it's not just about the, the these men being criminals. It's about their relationships with their family. Yes. And one of the crucial... Um, threads of this story is mm-hmm. Frank, the Irishman, and his relationship with his own family. Who, and he has four daughters, uh, and w- w- how what he does, yeah, um, which is to paint houses, which is a euphemism mm-hmm. for something a little more. Yes, uh, effect- he paints them red. He paints them red in particular. Uh, yes, so but not we, very well. Yeah, and there's a there was a role there which I enjoyed, but she almost had nothing to say. The New Zealand actress Anna Paquin plays the older daughter of Frank yeah. Sheeran. Uh, we see her a reasonable amount. Yeah. She hardly says anything, but... Um, doesn't need to. Doesn't need to. I thought in her look at her father yeah. and at Jimmy Hoffa, who she also spends some time with, she, let's just say later on, she understands what's happened. Yeah. And that affects her relationship with her father. Very badly. Yeah. yeah. So I think this was really absorbing. It requires a bit of a breath to go and watch it and some patience and... Don't go in expecting a really fast-paced no. crime caper. No, it's not. Goodfellas it ain't. It has not. No. Uh, but but look at the acting talent. Here. Yeah, yeah. With one except, I'm going to come to one exception. Okay, go on. In a moment, but I mean, you think you've got you've got as 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 B-list actors in this. Yeah. Uh, not even not in the in the in the main. In the, in the main trinity. You've got Bobby Cannavale, you've got yeah. Harvey Keitel. Yes, yes. You've got Stephen Graham. Yes. Um, from Lancashire. Wow, so he plays... Um, Stephen Graham plays um, Pro, Tony Pro, who's yes. actually a critical character in the film. He's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. and that, really well. That was a great performance. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've even got Stephen Van Zandt in it. Yes, I, briefly. That's You're, great. You pointed that one out to me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... The, the one that, oddly enough, I was least impressed with... I think I know who you're going to say, but go on. What name have I missed out? Al Pacino. And why did I not like him? And not like him, that's not fair. Why did I think he was the weakest link? I think you're going to say... Go on. ...that he hammed it up. Scenery chewed beyond recognition in places. To the extent that, especially toward the beginning, when we first saw him on the, like, on the phone to yeah. Frank, he wasn't even playing Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, he was he was playing a caricatured cartoon version of Al Pacino. Mm. I think that's probably fair. I think Pacino, because you you could say that De Niro, you know what you're going to get with De Niro as well, yeah. but he played it in a very subtle way. Yes, um, Pacino doesn't do subtlety very well. No, I, I, I think Pacino <laughs> rehearsed for this role by rewatching videos of Scent of a Woman. Ah, uh, okay. Because there was an awful lot of that going on to yeah, begin with. Yeah. Um, he did settle down. Yes. He got less barking as the film yeah. went on. But to begin with, at least, I was thinking, no, mate, seriously. Yeah. You know, we know you're Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. But dial back the Al Pacino. Yeah, I think, you know what? I I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it. Yeah, it's a shame. I did enjoy, there are some nice scenes with De Niro and Pacino. Yes. Because um, the previous noted time they got together was in a, another crime f- uh, film Heat yes. directed by Michael Mann and there's a famous scene in a, a cap- diner yes. where the two are on opposite sides of the law and they're confronting each yeah. other here they're 
Now, uh, if I remember correctly, I, yes. I, I remember reading somewhere that they actually didn't appear in the same studio at the same time. That was that was edited to put them in together. They never actually faced each other. I don't think that's right. I think they did. Oh, really? I'm going to have to check yeah. that one. Well, oh. Next time, we, when we come back oh, next time, we'll check that we'll, one. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's no way you could possibly accuse them of that in this. Film. No, they, not they at were all. Tight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They were very good. So, um, yeah, that's yeah because I mean Joe Pesci plays his role beautifully, uh, quietly, and softly, but he carries a big stick. Yes. He you does. know. So so that that was a really lovely performance in a way for a terrible man. Yes. <laughs> but he, did, uh, yeah. So and it's one of those things, one of those stories where. Um, there's a, there's a, they've got their own language, their own phrases they use. Yes. Sometimes it's just a little look, yes. a raise of the eyebrow. That's all you need to do, and you've, you're imparting the information. And De Niro is a master, I think. They both are, Pesci yeah. and De Niro, of just reading his face yeah. and seeing what's going on underneath. Uh, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that was great. Very good. Yeah. So I mean, they, they could they could have made it a shorter film. It wouldn't have been the same film. And no. like we said, part of it was the languor of it. Yeah, it was. You, you really felt yourself immersing yep. yourself in, in that world. And and I, I, I've spent time living within an Italian-American community. Yes. And the so many of the mannerisms, and, and obviously these guys are part of that community themselves, but I, I recognise so much. It is so authentic. It's It's phenomenal. Wow. Just, just the, the way they speak to each other, the way, the way that they hold themselves, whether they, you know, mm. they, 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 they're very, very physical people who, you know, the, the men greet with a hug. Yes. Uh, it, it, it all just felt absolutely, even though, even though, you know, I mean, Rob De Niro obviously is of Italian descent and Frank Sheeran wasn't, mm. obviously, hence the name of the film. Yes. But he was such a part of. Yes. That, 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 that world. world. Yeah. I, yeah. I was very, very impressed. I don't know I'd ever watch it again. That's an interesting point. Um, yeah, because you'd have to sit there and think, oh, three and a half hours. You know, yeah, you're making quite a commitment to yes. watch it. I don't know. That's an interesting point. I, I thought about that. I thought I might, but um, but maybe not straight away. No. <laughs> no, I mean, one thing I'd be almost tempted to do would be to actually read up a bit more about Hoffa in yes, particular. Yes, yeah. I think that would be interesting because there's a lot of reference to what actually happened there. And, and yeah, Robert De Niro, uh, Robert De Niro, Robert Kennedy is there and all sorts yeah. of different characters from American uh, recent history. Okay, anyway, I think it's very worthwhile, especially if you are a fan of um, Scorsese and De Niro and Pesci and yeah. Pacino to a certain extent. Um, I think you'll get a lot out of this film. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it, it's a long investment of time, but I think it, I think it repays. I think so. I think it repays. Mm. So that's, that, that, that's what we've been watching recently. Yeah, so what about what's coming up in the next little while, Steve? We're getting, uh, let me just say quickly, we're getting to that time of the year when they always hold back a few big movies, don't yes. they, for the sort of December, Christmas time, like the new Star Wars and yes. Frozen 2, I think, has just come out. And there'll be a bunch of others, that sort of yes. big cinematic release coming up yeah, soon. Because Frozen really speaks to New Zealanders right now. Oh. To the heart. Yes. Well, I mean, the pair of us sitting here wearing shorts. <laughs> that's you right. know, Because it, it, it is midwinter, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. So, so, so we, we, but what we, about the music side of things? On the music side of things, well, I mean, the, the, continue your excitement. We've got the Pussycat Dolls coming back. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, they were here not that long ago. Or I, or I got, am I getting mixed up with I, someone else? I, mm, anyway, it, go on. It, well, I don't know. That, well, you, it's, it's um, what are they calling it? It's so pop. It's, 2020. It's got, we've got the Pussycat Dolls, Steps, Jesse McCartney, Smash Mouth. Uh, I mean, low, Wigfield, there's loads of people coming, and that's going to be um, Spark Arena mm. on Saturday the 2nd of May, and then the next night, Sunday the 3rd, they're down in, Auckland, in Christchurch at Horncastle okay. Arena. Um, 
Ben Harper. Oh ah, yes, about last yes. time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's coming back now. He's added a Queenstown date. Okay, he's going to be um, coming to Queenstown, mm-hmm. um, and so that's so he's, he's now doing New Plymouth, Christchurch, Queenstown, Auckland, Napier, and Tauranga. If you want to know dates, go to the website CravePodcast.com. Yes. Uh, but that should be good. Yeah, he was one of my favourite shows when he came the last time. Yeah, you were really impressed. I, with I really him. was I impressed that, with yeah. him. Um, what else have we got coming up? Um, just a reminder that Laneway is nearly upon us, and yes. now um, new band being added to the bill is a um, New Zealand band, mm-hmm. The Beths. The Beths. The Beths. Okay. They're, they're, they're not bad. They're worth a listen. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a great name. Now, the one I think you'll be interested in is Alien Weaponry. Oh, yeah, yeah, boy. You were very impressed. I was. They blew my socks off. Was it this year or last year? I think it was... Oh, it was it la- the summer before last now. Uh, uh, Auckland City Limits Festival. City yeah. Limits. So, um, they'll still be very young. They were just teenagers then. Still are, uh, yeah. yeah. They was a, just one of the most fired up, passionate um, sets of uh, heavy metal you'll ever care to um, listen to. Uh, and I did went out and bought their album after right, that, yeah. and it was pretty full on. Yeah. yeah. So these are teenage lads yeah. who play full, full on heavy metal yeah. in Te Reo Māori. Yes. Quite remarkable. Yes. And, and so they are going to be um, part of the Auckland Fringe Town Festival. They are going to be, let's see, Saturday the 29th of February. Okay. Uh, at the Town Hall in Auckland. Oh, at the Town Hall. Town Hall, yeah. Boy, well, they rock the Town Hall. Oh, my. Ho- bring your earmuffs with that, you. That's going to be quite, <laughs> quite, quite, quite The rafters will be shaking. That'll be a rather energetic <laughs> yeah, I think so. performance, I, I, I suspect. So Why me? And then okay. at, the, at the other end of the musical spectrum, James Blunt is <laughs> Okay. Really the other end. <laughs> yes. Now, I saw him about two years ago okay. at Spark yep. Arena yep. when he was here last. Yes. Um, now, he's going to be back at Spark Arena on the 25th of November next year. Oh, okay. So just shy of a year off. Okay. And then 27th of November at Town Hall in Christchurch. And, and he is one of the easiest performers to mock deride and pour scorn over. Yes. However, However I can hear you say yes. He, if, if if you if you decide to watch him unironically, don't mm. don't go in to be snarky about it. Mm. He is a very very engaging entertainer. He's just a good performer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean that one song, "You're Beautiful," mm. got played to death, and mm. as a result, people got sick to death of it. Yes, but there's a lot more to him than just that. Right, and he's re- he really does engage with an audience very nicely. Okay, even somewhere as big as Spark Arena. He's actually really quite good. Okay, good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Great. All right, well, there's quite a lot coming up then. Um, there is. I should have asked you about this before we've started recording. Are we going to have time to squeeze one more in before the end of the year, or are we not? You're about to head Se- off overseas, aren't you? 7th of December. I, th- I think I think we're saying goodbye to all <gasps> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah, so, that's a good one. Listeners. Yeah, okay, because well, you're, you're off on some happy travels to northern climes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. with yes. your snow boots. Oh, very good. Well, <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Well, you have a good trip, and uh, to our teaming audience, absolutely. Um, thank you for watching and for listening this year. We've enjoyed your company, and we look forward to talking to you again in 2020. 2020, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can email us on podcast at cravepodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're all over the social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can find us at Crave Podcast. Right. So until 2020, I'm Simon Mercep. I'm Steve McCabe. That's what's been entertaining us. This year. This year, I guess, yeah.